art, activism, education. Welcome to the Creative Justice Lab podcast with your hosts, Annie Cohen and Dana Oliva. <laughs> Hi, Creative Justice Lab listeners. Today we have Xiomara Giordano, also known as La Mariposa Roja, with us. Xiomara is a founder of Red Butterfly Creations. Xiomara is a writer, poet, painter, sculptor, and textile artist extraordinaire. Today, Sio is going to share with us who she is, what she does. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We're really excited to chat with you and learn more about what you do. So we're just going to jump right in. Um, <laughs> you want to? Sure. You go. Um, so can you tell <laughs> us a little bit about you and your work and how you approach it? Uh, sure. So thank you for having me. I'm really glad to be here. <laughs> Yay. Um, I guess when I think about, right, so uh, a little bit of, about myself, um, I'm the youngest of four. I grew up uh, primarily in Brooklyn, New York, uh, and which informs a lot of the, the way that I see the world and the way I approach the world. Um, my mother was a young lord when I was a child, and so I was involved in a very political environment uh, from a very young age, and I uh, was aware of what was important, but I was also surrounded by artists and other creatives um, who used their work to support the Young Lord Party, to create things to sell, to, you know, create propaganda and art that was, like, out in the community to inform people. Um, so it was, like, really kind of a hand-in-hand thing for me. And then we got older, and my mother moved to Long Island, and she kind of got into the wave of the capitalists, like the Joneses. Mm-hmm. I think life got very dangerous when we were living in Brooklyn, and so she realized that she had to take us out in order to kind of save us. Um, and so it was also the ability to have access to a lot of education and a lot of stuff that I would not have had access to if we stayed in Brooklyn, which I'm thankful for. But it kind of also showed me the difference, like how different I could be in, in two places. Um, so when I think about the, the things that I work on and the things that I create, a lot of that comes from wanting to inform both sides, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, hey, you know, people from Brooklyn where I grew up, you know, like there's another world out there and you don't have to have tunnel vision. You don't have to live in this kind of very limited idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, hey, you know, people from the suburbs where where I live, I was like, you know, you don't have to see people as one note. Mm -hmm. You know, people are dynamic and multidimensional and beautiful and and savvy and intelligence does not only come from a book, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And so it's kind of like trying to open a portal that's what I see it as opening a portal between the two uh, because I've met people from both sides who are like oh and I don't understand how these people survive and you're lucky because you can go from one to the other um, but it's not luck you know it's just realizing what are the connecting roots and that's kind of what got me back in the hmm. what have you seen as um, things that people from those two communities really connect with. You know what I mean? Like, how you talk about being a portal. So, like, <clears throat> what have you... 
what have you experienced or what have you um, felt or seen based on the comments or reactions of people from one community understanding the experiences of another community? Does that make sense? Um, I guess what I see is that a lot of people, when you, when you, when you kind of boil it down to the human condition uh, and the, the real, like, the, the more streamlined, simple things uh, is those commonalities where people can connect, right? So, you know, obviously, you know, if I am, you know, I, where I grew up in Brooklyn was very West Indian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is a lot of things in those spaces that are very uh, in contrast to the very white suburban place that we moved to. Um, but, you know, if you think about like, what are the things that people value? What are the things that are important? You know, a lot of the things are like basic, like, you know, a love of family, mm-hmm. you know, and so what's important to your family? Well, this is important to their family. And, you know, if you find those connecting things mm-hmm. and people love to tell you about themselves, mm-hmm. they love to tell you about their stories. And they also love to share with you the things that were created by their family. And, and so if you are in, uh, you know, like many of my friends, I'm Puerto Rican, but many of my friends were from Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, and so you're like, oh, you know, you know, what did your, your granny make that you love so much? Oh, my granny made this great cake, you know, this thing. I could also go to Long Island and speak to my very Irish German friends and be like, so, you know, what is, what do you remember? What is home to you? And they're like, oh, you know, my grandmother made this thing. And mm-hmm. and you start to see these like threads that pull together or handcrafts, you know, like my grandmother was a seamstress. And so she made clothing and dolls and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I have met other people and they're like, oh yeah, my, my grandmother used to knit and she used to make these things. And so, mm-hmm. you know, these are the places where people like, they're like, wow, so you're not so different. You know, you're not, you know, and you can see why this is valuable and, why this is so uplifting, you know, because it's your history in your present. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> um, so I've been privy. I, we're laughing because we're not having an. We're having an organic moment. We're a little bit clunky right now. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So. I've had the privilege of being able to see some of the incredible art that you produce. But, and I've also seen, you know, at the time uh, while you were at Smith, when you were um, experimenting with different mediums of art, so different materials. So when you are wanting to express something specific, like how do you, what's your process? Like how do you choose what medium you want to use like when do you decide to sculpt when do you decide to write when do you decide to knit I know when you did um your weaving voices monologue you did this incredible beautiful family tree of sorts out of stories and so like all are so powerful in different ways how how do you know which one you're going to choose next uh I think that in a lot of ways it's it's almost a backwards process. Mm-hmm. It's so I'm starting, you know, I'll start with something. Um, and then it's that medium informs what I'm going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like with the weaving voices, uh, piece, um, 
you know, I made this anatomical heart of clay and I thought, my God, I need to do something with this. Like, this is so beautiful. I need to do something. And then I was like, well, what can I do with it? And, and so I kind of let it leave me the way it was going to go. Um, or um, with the, the steel, my, you know, uh, Venus de la Sera, the steel Venus, I, you know, I started with this metal and I was like, this is hard and flat and cold and, you know, and I want to make something beautiful and voluptuous and soft and, you know, I want you to look at it and go, oh yeah, that's, that's what it is. And, and so it's really the process of me starting something just because I get an interest Right. So I'm like, oh, you know, I want to watercolor. I'm going to do watercolors. Uh, and then me just like really deep diving into it and then finding the, the message that comes from that moment. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, or sometimes I'll see something. Okay. So for example, I'm going to show you something that they can't see, but you can see. So I, I made this little cactus. Isn't the cactus? Beautiful. <laughs> fabrics I that, that I found. I saw um, a, a cactus, an actual cactus in a shop. And I was like, oh, wow, I could probably recreate that shape, you know, that like star kind of shape with uh -huh. it. Um, but with a little bit more color. And so I just did it. <laughs> I'm just going to try it. So I went and got some scrap, you know, some fat quarters. And, and I did that. And I ran it through on the sewing machine. And you know, I had this little cactus. So, um, you know, that's, it's sometimes nature informs my idea. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done a lot of my embroidery pieces have been like, I get this idea in my head. Like, have you ever seen that like embroidery did of a taco? This says never let me go. <laughs> it was just like, I was like, oh my God, I love tacos. And then I was like, I'm going to make this thing. <laughs> like a large piece mm. uh, I it is in full like I start working with the whatever the medium is and then I follow that medium mm. to a final project mm. that's so cool it is I wish I had that kind of vision I know me too <laughs> it's not vision it's, it's that I'm, I'm I'm literally allowing whatever it is the clay uh -huh. the whatever I'm, I'm literally allowing that to tell me huh. You know, I want to say this to the world. And then I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> right. I'm just following what that's telling me. That's right. I didn't know what it wanted to be. <laughs> Until it was done and it was being. <laughs> I love it. Um, is there a particular art form that you are drawn to the most? Like you do the textile, you're a writer, um, visual artist of almost every thing is there one thing that you find yourself most connected to or drawn to more often i think uh it's probably sculpture uh sculpture is probably going to be the the thing that really makes me feel like the most i have the most personal awe mm -hmm. when i create something in sculpture um i like the editing of it which mm -hmm. you know 2d drawing is not my thing it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's like you know if you give me a pencil and a piece of paper i'm like seriously <laughs> um you know i because i can't commit to mm -hmm. a line and with with sculpting you don't have to 
-hmm. You can constantly edit until you fire. So you're constantly, or you know, like if you're working in metal, you can just mm -hmm. constantly keep like banging away until you get to what you want mm -hmm. it to be. Um, I think, you know, I can in 3D, in three dimensions, I can say, okay, I know what I want this to look like. But in 2D, I'm just like, what's going on in the back? <laughs> you know, the whole time I'm so freaked out by like, you know, is that long enough? You know, like, and it doesn't stop me from trying. Mm -hmm. I mean, I keep trying because I want to get better. Um, I want to be a stronger artist. And so I keep challenging myself. But, you know, I, there are things that I'm like, okay, if I never do this again, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm really good. Um, but then I see something amazing. Like one of my favorite artists, her name is Micklean Thomas. And she makes these beautiful, like, high-color, high-gloss, super retro, 70s, badass, beautiful women mm -hmm. portraits that are, like, the size, like, you know, they're, like, six feet by, like, 20 feet. I mean, they're just beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, and she uses, like, rhinestones and, like, enamel paint mm -hmm. and, like, fabric from, you know, and, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I want to do that. But at the same time, I'm like, it's okay if you don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's okay if you don't create this 2d masterpiece you know that's that's good too you know you, right and uh, what's interesting about what you say the difference between drawing and a line is how much you have to commit to that and how i guess how do you see your life playing out in the type of work that you're drawn to mm -hmm. so being drawn to pieces um of sculpture that you can continue to develop and, you know, it takes time to to work on that and seeing how that plays out versus something very, you know, you draw the line and that's it. You have to commit and follow through with how that's going versus the sculpture. You can kind of play it out and um, develop it over time. Uh, I think that when I look at, at like, two-dimensional drawings and... And there is, there is a little bit of inherent confidence there mm -hmm. that I don't think I've ever had. <laughs> um, I think that for, for whatever reason, with a needle and thread on fabric, I'm fine. <laughs> um, with a pencil, I just feel like there's something that's a, it's just not there for me. Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like with who I am in the world is also, you know, Anyone who's had a long conversation with me, Annie, you know this, that I, you know, I'm very often of two minds about something. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that that's also part of, like, scope. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, I can spend eight hours working on a bust and then walk out and come back and just reconfigure it because I'm of two minds of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm seeing it in a bigger way. I'm looking at it from a different perspective. That's a big part of who I am in the world. I, I look at most things in the biggest way I can. You know, like, I want to know where the ripples go. And so, mm -hmm. you know, in that way, sculpting allows me to be like, okay, you know, maybe that's not what I wanted to do. I'm going to change this a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whereas I think with drawing, like, once you've started, like, if you're drawing a portrait, you can't draw the whole face and then walk out and then come back and be like, I'm going to erase this and start working. <laughs> you know, then it's, you know, there's a lot of commitment in that space. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, that's a little bit more inward than I am. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit more of a kind of an outside thinker. Does that answer your question? It absolutely answers my question. <laughs> it's interesting because I, I feel like 
sculpture is a good metaphor for what I know about who you are, you know, and like when to choose the name Mariposa, like to think about the metamorphosis of the butterfly, mm. the metamorphosis of the person, the metamorphosis of sculpture. It feels like it's very in line with who you are in the world. And yeah. so like, right, the the creation and then the recreation and and the recreation and, and, and it also feels like a really good metaphor just for life of like, you know, redefining, looking at yourself, looking at your art, and then saying, okay, this is no longer what it is or who it is. How do I recreate it mm-hmm. a little bit? You know, and also not feeling uh, connect, like not feeling obligated to stay static. Right. Uh, and it's one of the things that I love about butterflies. You know, this kind of like, I, I don't have to stay here. Mm-hmm. I can go wherever I want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to be here. Um, and so you know, even with my art, one of the things that a lot of my art professors told me was like, you don't sign your pieces. Why don't you sign your pieces? I'm like, because I made it. <laughs> Anybody else know that? I'm like, well, I know. Because you know, like, uh, it's not about ego. It's about sharing. You know, it's about like, hey, look at this thing I made here. But, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, well, but don't you think it's important to sign it? And I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, because to me, that's just like, that's not what I did it for, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So you talked to us a little bit about um, what, like, using art as a way to feel heard, um, and also, you know, embracing the intersections of identities. And um, do you feel like there's a piece of art that you've created that really represents who you are in the world right now, or? has had like has represents a pivotal moment in your life that shaped who you are now? Um hmm. I guess I feel like a lot of the art that I create is personal and informed by who I am in the world. Hmm. Um I guess if I were to think about a piece that I felt was really like the the piece that it was my Weaving Voices piece. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that piece for me was uh, very important for several reasons because first it was connecting me to my history, mm-hmm. which was really, really valuable. I think that a lot of people in the diaspora, we lose history mm-hmm. because you can't carry it with you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so we don't know, you know, where our great, great, great grandparents came from and what they did and uh and and that informs how we feel in the world Mm -hmm. Uh, and and it informs how how we how grounded we feel or whatever and and so doing the research and looking into you know who was my great-great-grandmother you know what was you know her role in the world and how does she connect to who I am today um really reinforced for me the idea of of tenacity and resilience and uh, and strength in the face of adversity and and also value like really like very authentic value um in the world you know so i wasn't related to you know, corporate raiders who made millions of dollars i was related to hill people who worked you know 
18 20 hours a day you know like cutting sugar cane and mm-hmm. you know and but that has value mm-hmm. that has has real world like it has you know monetary value but it also has like life value mm-hmm. um and so you know seeing this piece of art and and seeing how it connects to me feeling like valuable and stronger in the world and prideful as, a, as opposed to the shame that a lot of people feel like mm-hmm. um when i first started doing the research on my family to figure this out to make this piece i felt like oh my god my family were house cats like you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like we you know i have no idea where we come from and who who, who is you know like i don't mm-hmm. have there are not a lot of grandfather uncle you know that connection mm-hmm. um but it, you know but as women uh and as a woman and a womanist, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I really, really value women in the world. Mm-hmm. And and as women, we are badasses. Mm-hmm. And that was what's important. You know, as women, as women of color, as women mm-hmm. who have had no opportunities. Let me tell you, my great-great-grandmother could not read, could not write. When she signed the birth certificates for my grandmother, it was a little X that they had her right there. And her daughter also could not read, could not write. But their great-granddaughter and their great-great-granddaughter graduated cum laude from mm. Smith College. And that means mm. something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it means something that, you know, despite the, the nothing that we had, I made something here and I'm going to continue to make things. And so that piece for me was like, it was that. It was like, look, it doesn't matter. I don't have a legacy. I just have, but I have the legacy of strength in my blood. You know, the heart pumping in my body pushes that strength and resilience and beauty through me all day, every day. Mm. So. I love that. That was beautiful. Mm. I love it. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit more about, I guess, your identity and activism? Because your identity is a very huge piece of who you are. Um, and I guess how does that translate into your activism and how you, how, how would you want people to see that as, um, as something that they can also do or something that they can also get involved in or. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I have pretty much always been super political about my identity. Hmm. Um, as a queer woman of color, I think that when I step out into the world, um, and it's, and I'm not political about my identity in the way that I feel like, you know, just know this about me as much as I am that recognize that we're here. Mm -hmm. When I step into a room, I'm stepping into the room as a queer woman of color. Mm -hmm. Um, and And my, while my activism is more uh, in the background, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of my activism comes in the form of support and, you know, like really like investing in other activists, investing in other movements and bringing, you know, I joke that I'm a maven so that I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I know a person that you need to know. And like Mm -hmm. really making these like strong connections within communities uh, because, there is a lot of unnecessary distance sometimes. And so um, I think that for me, when I'm looking out at people and I'm thinking about who I am in the world and what's really important for me uh, and what they should know about me uh, 
as an individual, I am also speaking for other people. Like I'm also being like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, this, this is who I am, but recognize that this identity has, you know, value and is important and, and has right, you know, deserves to, to enjoy life in this really important way. Um, I think that for when, when I was younger, uh, and I was trying to be very work-minded and like very career-oriented. Uh, I would meet people and they'd be like, "Oh my God, you're so smart!" And and then somebody would say something like, "You're so smart for Puerto Rican." Mm. And I was like, "Wow!" And so, <laughs> what does that mean? And this was a woman of color who actually said this to me. Mm-hmm. Um, she was uh, Southeast Asian from Trinidad, and so I was like, "Wow, what does that mean? Like, I'm smart for Puerto Rican." She's like, "I'm complimenting you. Don't be defensive." Mm. And I'm like. That is the most offensive thing. <laughs> and then you as a woman, and as a, as a woman of color would say this to me, mm-hmm. it's even worse. And so, um, you know, those are the moments that I try to avoid happening over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so uh, I speak very openly about my history. I speak very openly about where I come from. Um, and I, I also speak very openly about the people in my life that are kind of surprising. You know, like, my father, my stepdad, um, who's uh, wildly important to me, he has an eighth grade education, but is one of the most talented photographers I know. Mm-hmm. Is he loves opera, mm-hmm. like stunningly, like has this beautiful connection to opera, opera music, and and understanding the the beauty and the the kind of that that appreciation I got from him, from this man with an eighth grade education mm-hmm. who you know, who worked on washing machines most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really, you know, like, stop calling people one note. That's my kind of mm-hmm. battle cry as an identity mm-hmm. thing, is, like, see me as, as all the things that I can be uh, and not the tropes that you want to impose on me because you make this idea up in your head about what it means to to be fat and mm-hmm. to be brown and to be Latina and to be a woman of color and to be, you know, like, don't make that up, you know, just mm. see me for who I am. So. And I appreciate that because I think that, you know, especially when we think about the idea of an activist, there's like one trope of what the activist looks like yeah. or what they should do. And so I think, you know, for somebody that identifies as being part of that movement, that you don't have to be the person that is sounding the battle cry. You can mm-hmm. be part of the community and still be an activist. You can be that connecting piece for the relationships. We all have a role to play. Right. And, and somebody's got to hand out the juice. <laughs> right, right. Somebody has to make coffee in the morning. We all have a role to play. And I think that, you know, if people understood that about social movement, mm-hmm. like, Everybody in the social movement is not going to have a bullhorn. That's not everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's making, you know, somebody's going out and buying the OTED. You know, somebody's <laughs> getting the markers together. Mm-hmm. Somebody is, like, taking care of kids. Somebody is, you know, giving the person who does have the bullhorn a back rub at the end of the day. You know, like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, we all have a role to play. And I am okay not having a bullhorn. I'm also okay having a bullhorn occasionally. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, uh, I like to be a space where the people that I know and love and that are doing the hard work and that are putting it together 
also feel supported. Mm -hmm. And so they know that, you know, I've got your back. And if you need something, if you need to meet somebody or you need to, then they know they can come to me and I make that happen. Mm -hmm. Because that's also important. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Uh, How would you encourage folks who are, who find themselves wanting to find a place whether it's an activism or in creativity or an art community to follow their heart and find their community, find their place and, and just, I guess, just be there. I guess the first thing I'd say is be authentic to yourself and your voice. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you are creating, when you are putting together this idea, you know, don't make things that you think need, don't, don't make things because you think that that's what people want to see. Mm-hmm. Make things because it feels honest. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you're sitting down and if it's, you know, if you're making, you know, paintings or T-shirts or whatever, you know, whatever contribution you have to art and creativity. Um, you know, I have a friend of mine who makes dresses for plus-size trans women mm-hmm. uh, because their body is different mm-hmm. right so they're not gonna they, they might need a little broader shoulder they might you know but you know that that's and that's their contribution mm-hmm. you know that's their contribution awesome. to say, saying like this is something that you know people i love need mm-hmm. and i'm gonna make it happen um and like badass dresses and i was like damn like you can't make mm-hmm. me this but you know like this is something that has to be there and so i think if you if you just if you still yourself and you you said what is it that that I need to put out there and you you do it um, and you do it consistently you know uh, you know because you have to invest in your your magic right mm-hmm. and and then you know and let it find its way to people who who want to support you you know let it find its way to people who who are like wow that's exactly what I'm looking for mm-hmm. you know that's you know that's part of what I'm saying or seeing and you know you know making like images that become bumper stickers or what have you you know let it find its way to the people who who it resonates with mm-hmm. and, and and you know if you're authentic with that and then you're authentic because if you're trying to create because you think like I'm gonna create this thing because it's gonna be the next you know pink bracelet you know, then that's not authentic. That's mm-hmm. not true to who you are, and it'll fall. You know, mm-hmm. it'll fall flat. Um, but if you are are really like throwing yourself in there and saying, you know, I'm gonna do this work, and I'm gonna let it go out into the universe, and it's gonna find its way to where it needs to be, I think it will. I think you just have to trust that you know that it'll come back. Mm-hmm. You know, that'll it'll bring you to your tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. bring you to the people who are out there luchando like fighting that hard mm-hmm. fight doing the thing they need to do it'll bring you right to them and then you'll be like yeah this is home this is where I belong thank you we have I think one last question mm-hmm. um, if you could pick one thing that you would want our listeners to know what would that be oh goodness <laughs> <laughs> um, oh that's a hard one um If I could pick one thing, okay, I can thing. So I am an artist, and I consider myself artist, and people who know me consider me an artist. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you met people in my family, nobody would say I was an artist. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> um, hmm. it, 
it's just a, a, a thing. It's the, you know, they have a very linear view of art. And I think mm-hmm. when I say that, it's not like, what was me? It's that, you know, if you are an artist, you're an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to believe that mm-hmm. through and through. When I was in my early 20s, I dated somebody and we were talking one day and and I was like, well, yeah, you know, I'm a legal secretary, but I like art. And he's like, no, stop saying that. He's like, you have to say I'm an artist. And I'm like, why would I say that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and he was like, you know, Betances, uh, you, you should say I'm a librarian. You know, this is, you know, this is what I do, even mm-hmm. though, you know, you didn't have the education or whatever. He's like, you just have to follow through. You have to say this is who I am in the world uh, and, and believe it. And, and I started doing it then and it's followed me through here. And so if you're an artist, you're an artist, mm-hmm. you know, like if you can't draw a straight line, screw it. You know, the, the, I have friends who spray paint on cardboard and leave it outside and they're like, that's art and I'm an artist. And so what? That's what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I guess that's it, you know, like, you know, believe in you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and toot your own horn because mm-hmm. that's what you got, right. you know, it's the gift we have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even though the world is trying to like, make this very slender look if Rothko is an artist I'm an artist <laughs> you know I feel like you know that we have to have space in the world for everybody's voices and everybody's vision and and so that's it you know if I if people could know one thing about me is that I am a self-proclaimed artist mm-hmm. but I believe it through and through and if anyone asks me who I am in the world one of the first things I say is I'm an artist hmm. And then, you know, I'm everything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I love That's it. it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you you are clearly have a beautiful soul. And oh. for those who can't see her, she is actually beautiful. <laughs> um, and I might be slightly crushing, which was too much information probably for <laughs> our listeners. Um, but thank you, Ziamara, who also goes by La Mariposa Roja. Um, and please look out for more of her stuff. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. We will feature that on our yes. website as soon as you get up and running. But we would love actually, to. My, my sister may have created this kind of wonky website for me. Okay. May um, have. <laughs> and sculptures and stuff. And I was like, wow, that's insane. You know, she's, she's a kind of, you know, graphic design, like, awesome. you know, aspiring uh-huh. graphic designer. And so she's like, oh, I'll do this for you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. If you would like to learn more about our work, please visit us at creativejusticelab.org.